men to be saved, there is only one way, and that is one man like Ezekiel to step out in the midst of that valley and preach the only message God has promised to bless. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Hello everyone, uh, my name is Neil Groudon. To my left here I have Evan Westfall, Hi. and to my right I have Hunter Zimmerman. Good morning. Um, we're here at 9.30 a.m. We're sitting in a study room, and uh, today we're going to be talking about God's law and the sufficiency of Scripture, um, God's Word, and what that ought to mean to us. So um, I'm going to just start off by reading uh, Psalm 119, uh, starting in verse 33. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will give it to the end. Keep it, I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things, and give me life in your ways. Com confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread, for your rules are good. Behold, I, I, I long for your precepts, and your righteousness give me life. It's a great passage. So we're going to start there, I guess, by talking about that. You guys have anything to say? The whole... Psalm 119 is like, that's the longest chapter in the Bible, right? Yep, longest chapter in the Bible. It goes on and on and on and on. And it's all about how they love the law of the Lord. And I guess the point we're making today um, is that the law of the Lord, for David, that was that was his Bible, in effect. That was their Bible, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that's and right. so, like, I I don't think that it's all that crazy to assume that we ought to treat the whole of God's revelation, you know, the whole Bible with the same level of um, respect and honor and like delight that, that all these, is it all David? Yeah. Uh, they, well, it's kind of debated, but <laughs> the, the, this, whether or not this is a Psalm of David is a little bit debated. Or Beth or Gimel. <laughs> no, 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 these, no, 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 no. These are, these are not, these aren't oh, the names. Okay. These are, uh, letters. Um, I think it's of the Aramaic. Oh, it's like the alphabet, like isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they, but they cool. they want to say that so some would say that this was a psalm written throughout all of David's life, and each of these were written um, at several times. Um, Bird just hit the window. That's, <laughs> that's interesting. Um, who wants to hear the gospel? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so we just want to talk about that because. Like God's word, think about that. Think about God speaking to you. That is what we see in the Bible. It is not just some book. It is not some small like thing in our lives. But David meditated day and night on it, and he loved it. He cherished God's word. He cherished his law. And the reason for that is because though they may seem like rules and annoying things they are ultimately they're gods that's what we like he created us for good works um ephesians 2 
says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And Ecclesiastes uh, 12 says, The end of the matter all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for that is the whole duty of man. So God's word, his laws, they shouldn't seem like stupid rules, but we should find delight in them. I wanted to read the end of Psalm 1. This is what Neil read at the beginning, uh, but this is the next two verses of that psalm. So, blessed is the man who's... Blah, blah, blah. His delight is in the law of the Lord. On his law, he meditates day and night. Um, and then verse three, he's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither in all that he does. He prospers. Um, so, yeah, the point is clearly in scripture, clearly in these Psalms, um, it's quite obvious. And in fact, it's like said over and over and very emphatically. Um that God's word to this psalmist and, and David in Psalm 1 is like life to him. Like that's his life. He's meditating and reading it or meditating on it and reading it day and night. And the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord, he's blessed and he's like a tree planted by streams of water. So yeah, yeah. that's all I got. Yeah. I have a, another like kind of a weird point in perspective, but uh, basically, so it's, I, I, I always like thinking about who King David is in the context of him and who he was like a lot of people. There's like two things that King David I've noticed is like often remembered for. He's remembered for being called a man after God's own heart. And then he's remembered for that instance where he like saw a girl when he was up on his roof and then like murdered his husband. Mm-hmm. Who was her name? Bathsheba. Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. So he, and then he like committed adultery with her and murdered his husband. Like that's like the two things David's remembered for. So if remember what, how we just talked about David, how he was day and night meditating on scripture and yet he still did that. And then compared that to modern day Christians, like even in America, like even a lot of really uh, people that are really, I don't know, I don't know how to say it's like really into Christianity mm-hmm. or take it seriously to be with God and read the Bible more often, whether or not they read it more than David or just as much as David. Do you think that they're going to be like really holy and going to be perfect and going to be like amazing? Like you really can't beat yourself up over your sin. Like if you keep getting into law, like reading the law of God and then you're like not perfect and you're like, why isn't this working? Am I like doing something wrong? Really take, you really need to take a share and like keep, well, obviously keep reading the Bible. Uh, One thing, you know, it's it's all about the heart. It's like a very big motto of Jesus, especially in the gospel of John. Like it's all about your heart. Why are you reading the Bible? Are you reading the Bible to check off a checklist? Why are you reading the Bible? Because it's what you do every morning reading the Bible because your love and your delight is in the Lord and your delight is in the word of God. And you just want more. You're spiritually hungry. You need the bread of life as Jesus calls himself. And you need to read that and think of it more in that way. And less of I'm reading and I'm praying so much and I'm still like falling to sin. Like I'm still doing these horrible things. Like what, what it's wrong. Is God real? Am I wrong? Am I stupid? Am I doing it wrong? Am I saved? Well, I think, I think like the problem there would be, um, I, I agree totally. 
I think what you're getting at is like, like that, that's what we believe about uh, the Holy Spirit among other things. But right. that like, when you read the Bible, it's not like automatic, like the, you know, mental, your eyes going over words and then like magic, but it's like you're reading truth and then the Holy Spirit like illuminates that to you and like to your heart mm-hmm. so that you can actually believe what's in the Bible and you can actually love and have a soft heart to the truth that you're in sin, that you're wicked, that you need a savior because that's no one wants to admit that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, all the other things that scripture teaches. So we, we don't believe that. Well, <laughs> sorry, I'm not trying to open a can of worms. We just believe that, the Holy Spirit, the word was like indirection in that spiritual, but I don't even mm-hmm. remember what. But like the spirit, like God speaks to us in his word. So like, you know, it's not like, oh, I was in Costco and like God told me that I need to remember to get dog food. Like we don't, and I don't say that to be a jerk, but like that, just that kind of thing, that way of speaking you know, I know that like the spirit was leading me to do this. I don't really have a problem with that at all, but just, it's like, we're always saying this, like God speaks in his word, you know? And, uh, Oh man, how did I get rid of it? Um, what was it? Second Peter, like one, three, the verse that says, uh, God through his divine power has granted us. Yeah. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. So if we assume Peter to be talking about scripture here, you know, the spirit's inspiration and in, in the, the new Testament and the old Testament, like that has like really, really big implications. And to be, to be completely like transparent here, none of us wake up in the morning and are like jumping up and down and belting out because we get to read the Bible <laughs> as we like, as each and every one of us should be. You know, like we're, we're not any better. We're not saying this as like, yeah, get with the program, young Christian. We got it down. We're reading the Bible every day. I read it for five hours. No, we're like each and every one of us is still like the, there's days where I'll wake up. And yes, I'm like, I cannot wait to read. And there's other days where I wake up and then it seems like a chore. And both days, no matter what, reading God God's word is always better than not. Yeah. So though we might not have the desire in our heart it's it, like a, a couple days out of the week does not mean that you're not a saved christian and that you have a dead heart and you're just like not yeah you're not saved that doesn't mean that what it means is that like you have if you have a desire for god's word and you want to learn from his word not all the time but like you you meditate you meditate on it day and night it's just something that you think about and the reason why I wanted to do this this podcast on this subject is because I, I look at how long it, <clears throat> how long it actually takes to read the Bible, how long it takes to read books in the Bible. I want to share with you guys um, some some data here, okay? Some facts. So, th- listen to this. Listen to this, okay? The whole Bible. Reading the whole Bible in one year is only 12 minutes of reading a day. It's only 12 minutes of reading. 
Total reading the entire Bible takes 74 hours and 28 minutes. That's it. 74 hours and 28 minutes. Now I want to ask you a question. Please go down to this one. Sorry, go ahead. I want to ask you a question, and this is this has convicted me, okay? How much time do you spend on your phone? What's your screen time if you have an iPhone? That's something that blew me away. Because I had I was spending three to four hours a day on my phone. And with that, like we have and we're spending an insane amount of time in a year on our phone. Okay, so think about it. Four times 365. Um, I'm trying to do math and it's not working. <laughs> That's 1,460 hours. 1,460 hours in a, year. in a year. Divide that by 24. That's 60 days that we're spending on our phones with just three hours a day. That was four. Four hours a day? Was that four? Yeah, you know. Four times 360. Yeah, that's four. Okay, so four hours a day. We're spending 60, 60 days in a year on our phone. Just think about that. If you're at five, six, or seven, like this is something you need to consider, deeply consider. Because in that passage that I read to you in Psalm 119, it says that I will I will set before me nothing that is worthless. Is your phone worth something to you? Is, is the thing that you're looking at worth something or is it just mindless? endless searching for pleasure, desire, whatever it may be. Um, don't set, don't set things before your eyes that are worthless. And I, I just want to show you guys this. This is, um, what percentage of people spend 30 minutes or more each day engaging with the following activities? 70% are emailing 59% are on TV. This is each of these are over 30 minutes a day. 55% are in books, 55% homework, 42% hobbies, uh, 32% podcasts. <laughs> uh, 28, doesn't count. Yeah, 28% Facebook, 26% YouTube, 11% Instagram, and 6% Twitter. Over 30 minutes a day. And it only takes, if you were to read the Bible 30 minutes a day, you could read it. The entire thing in six months. When were those? When were those numbers? Hmm? When were those numbers? Uh, I do not know when this was. It seems done. like Twitter and emails are flipped at this. This point. is this was done in 2018. Oh, okay. So, I mean, just consider these things, you guys. It takes three hours and 31 minutes to read Genesis. It only takes in in the New Testament. Most of the epistles, the, the Pauline epistles, take less than 20 minutes to read. Some of them take up to an hour. Like Romans, 1 Corinthians, they take up almost about an hour. But like Philemon, three minutes. Titus, six minutes. <laughs> First and Second Timothy, 15 and 11 minutes. Just sit down and it'll take you 15 minutes to read First Timothy. That should not seem like a chore once you really see the numbers. And I would, I would just... I ask you guys to look up these numbers for yourself and see and ask yourselves, what 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 kind of time are you spending? What kind of time are you spending? It's like super convicting too. It really is. I'm actually super blessed because today my, my flip phone's coming in the mail. Oh. Yeah, we're, we're, we've been talking about getting uh, flip phones for a while now and Hunter's actually getting one. So, so um, sorry. Okay. Uh, I, I wanted to say, like, 
like just just saying like like those numbers obviously that's like super convicting um but just saying like well it's god's word so why don't you read it more like that's absolutely true and right but i want to get at like like what what is there to be gained by reading the bible instead of being on tiktok in the morning or, or instagram or whatever and and this is something that i am 1000 percent guilty of so not better than anybody i want to talk about what is what is to be gained like what do you actually like are you just being a more spiritual person are you just going to be able be able to quote verses better and sound like a better christian when you're in a conversation you know and like but when when we read god's word consistently all of it what's what's really happening is your your mind is actually being conformed to thinking more like god and that's that's what we really want because we're being conformed to the image of christ if we're if we're truly christians that's what we're after and christ like if we want to think like christ he's given us this entire revelation god has given us this entire revelation of himself where he's telling us this is how i feel about case law this is what's right this is what i did with these people israel these are all these prophecies this this is how i communicate this is who i am this is what I do. This is what's right and wrong. This is what's a really big deal to me all over the place, you know? And like, so when you're reading scripture, you're not just mindlessly, you know, reading, Oh, give more to the poor. Dang. There's one more area where I suck. Awesome. Next verse. You know, like, it's not just bland. Let me just whip myself and yeah. read and die. Like we actually want to be conformed to the image of Christ. And if, if that's going to happen, uh, I, I pulled up Romans 12, uh, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I'm not saying that Paul's intention in this verse is to convince you to read the Bible in one year or anything like that. Um, but my point is, like, uh, I once knew... a uh, very, 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 well, I still know her, um, wise um, woman. Her name is Joan Archer. I called her Grandma Joan. Like, super good family friend, like a third set of grandparents to me were those people. Um, and she used to say, garbage in, garbage out. And it's so true. Like, Like, do we really think that if we wake up and just stare at a screen and just see garbage, like, it's not like we're what I mean, hopefully not like we're watching super raunchy things, you know, but it doesn't have to be awful things on your phone. You're just watching stupid humor, politics. Oh, sports, sports, sports. This guy scored a touchdown. This guy's been looking good lately. This team might be good. Blah, 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 just endlessly. And then you expect to turn off your phone, walk outside and just be blown away at the salvation you found in Christ. And just have this great spirit of compassion and forgiveness on all your brothers and sisters in Christ and have this heart to share the gospel. Like that doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. If you want your brain and your soul and yourself to be overflowing with joy in Christ and a desire to be more like Christ and desire mm -hmm. to share Christ with people, then yeah, you see what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I have a good scripture that really goes with this and like really applies. It's in John. It's John six 
24. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come to the sea? They said to him, or Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate, you are filled of loaves. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Like, isn't this picture amazing? These people, like, when we have to seek Jesus, we pick out a book. When his disciples and his apostles, his people, they got into boats and sailed across the sea because of the words of eternal life. Mm-hmm. This is, what are we seeking after? We're literally seeking after infinite joys and pleasure of being constantly satiated, fulfilled, and satisfied in this world. And I don't believe in a prosperity gospel, but I believe in the more reliant you are on Jesus, you could be in the worst situation ever and have a giant smile on your face and nothing will matter. You could be Mm -hmm. persecuted. You could have nothing, but you'd have Mm -hmm. everything if you have God. And uh, Sorry, Hunter. That's a good Uh, one. So the perfect example of this, you guys know him, is sorry, (laughs) uh, Stephen from our church. He's a guy... We've met him um, going out to abortion mills and preaching, and he is like just his mind. It, he's he's just an example of Romans twelve one his or two whatever it was. It's twelve twelve. His mind is like has been and is always being uh, renewed and conformed to God's word rather than the world, because like anything that happens out there, his response is always. <laughs> Oh, well, Jesus said that would happen, you know, or he said, well, you know, out, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks or, well, blessed are you. And when others revile you and persecute you <laughs> like that, that's the fruit. And it's contagious, too. It's super contagious. It and it's just so amazing and helpful when you're out in the world, like when things happen, you know, like when someone yells at you, they go as they go by in their car or something or throw water bottles or throw a water bottle at you or play a violin (laughs) endlessly or or growl like (laughs) anyway (laughs) we've been been out we've been out for a little while there's a lot of things we've seen yeah we haven't even seen the worst of it yeah Uh, but anyway we're kind of lucky (laughs) yeah but like yeah the the point i'm getting at is like the renewal of your mind doesn't mean that you're more spiritual than everybody else it means that you actually understand the world the way God does now, you know? And when you see people acting in absolute hatred to God, you don't have to go, what in the heck? What is happening? I am so bewildered. How could you say that to our Yeah, creator? you can be like, oh, dang, I, I read about this. Yeah. You know, Romans 1, this is, man, that used to be me, the Bible says, so I ought to have compassion on them. Yeah. You know? Amen. Yeah, and so I want to awesome. give you guys this real quick. It's Psalm 119. If you haven't read Psalm 119, Please just go read it because you will see David's heart after God's word. Ooh, but he's, I want to talk he's, about the dwell app. Sorry. Okay. He says uh, in, in um, Psalm 119, verse 9. Guys. <laughs> Sorry. In Psalm 119, verse 9, uh, it says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. That is something that every single one of us can, can learn from. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. So with perfect example with Stephen, 
when others come out there, uh, people come out there and they start growling at you and playing violins over your preaching, or they laugh at you because you're reading your Bible, whatever it is, or, or yeah, like whatever, whatever they may, might be doing, whatever they may be doing. Okay. You guard it according to your word. You guard yourself from those things according to the word of God. It's not just when you read the Bible, it's not just vain. It's not just another story. It's God's word. God is speaking to you directly through his word, the Bible. And we have it in our hands. Like people have died years and years and years. People have died trying to preserve and keep this. And they, they would do anything to keep God's word. And they would, they would sail over a sea to hear God's word, the word of eternal life. And we have it in our hands. The whole thing. The yeah. whole thing. And People it would take us. Like in communist prisons, it's like all they had was a gospel of John, just one. And they would just be passing it around. Yeah. And it would literally take us 74 hours to read. 74 hours and 28 minutes of your time. Take all of the time away that you spent on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook and the time that you spent just laying around doing nothing, playing video games. And we're all guilty of that just as much or as anybody. Or sleeping in the morning. That's that's me. Yeah. Literally, it's like I have to be resurrected in the morning. <laughs> I I'm might have guys, been late to this podcast. Yeah, yeah Hunter was very much late. <laughs> and, and Evan, yeah, trying to get him up is like trying to wake up a rhino in the middle of the future. <laughs> trying to wake up a bear from hibernation. <laughs> but you, like the point is, you guys, that God's word is such a gift. It is such a gift that we can hold it in our hands and that we can that we can learn from it. And I mean, I, I'm sure that some of you guys have heard this before, but um Second Timothy three sixteen. There's another three sixteen. You've all heard John three sixteen, but there's another one. Second um, Timothy three sixteen. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That goes along with exactly what Evan said. Yeah, I I want to make okay two points here. One of them will be quick, but I want to say. Really quickly, since we're talking about God's word and everything, um, when it comes to reading and interpreting God's word, I, I do want to make this important distinction. When we say that God is speaking to you, we don't mean that every story of the Bible is an allegory or a metaphor for you. For example, you're not David. The story of David and Goliath is not how you take the stones of prayer and sling them at that, the giant of financial debt and slay him. You know, like that, that's not the point. The, you in the story are the shivering Israelite in the tent who was too scared to go fight the giant. And then David is like Jesus who died for you. That's, that's the point. And the, the point I'm getting at is don't read yourself into every single text of the Bible. Let the Bible speak for itself. Mm -hmm. uh, like just everywhere. Like, like Jesus walks on water. Don't be like, oh, the, the boat is like my life and the storms, all of my troubles. Like there's principles and truths there. Definitely read it. But don't assume that every single word of the Bible is saying it is like let let scripture interpret itself. Mm -hmm. You know, but that's we could talk about that forever. And then the other thing I wanted to say is uh, Neil read 
First Timothy. Second Timothy three sixteen. Second Timothy three sixteen. So many three sixteen. I know. I know. <laughs> um, but uh, so for for church and preaching, this is this is a huge problem that we see with the modern Christian evangelical church. Well, actually, the problem is that we don't see it. Yeah, like, but like, this is this is, in my opinion, where all of the problems stem from. Like, why are churches, you know, well, sorry, I kind of the way they are. Yeah, just just everything about them. Like, like, why are we preaching sermons, entire sermon series on the enneagram, you know, which has all kinds of problems, by the way really dark origins or, or why why are churches just just packed with people who don't actually have a, a new heart who aren't actually believers what why is church like a a business model a, a you know a marketing thing where the goal is to get as many people in the door as you possibly can and then just tell them by the way half of the gospel which is all the good news but they have no knowledge of the bad news because they they People pick and choose what they get to tell people about God. Sorry, do we actually like have to? No, you can, you can go ahead. Okay. Short intermission. Technical <laughs> difficulties. Okay. What I was getting at was when people, when modern churches have questions, they aren't going to scripture. So, for example, oh, how should we? Uh, save souls and bring them into our congregation, into our family. How, how should we do that? What do they do? They go to uh, growth models and just anything under the sun except scripture. You know, and they, they come up with business strategies and all the ways to get people in the door. They're counting how many people they can get in the door every Sunday. And then they're preaching messages that appeal to worldly, you know, their worldly desires and needs and like definitely not preaching anything that would be offensive to the world, you know, and like the huge problem with that is like, that's not, that's not the way that God gives us to spread the gospel and, and advance God's kingdom. That's how you just get people physically inside of your building. And then if you want to keep them there, you're going to have to keep doing the same things. And if all these people are super happy with the preaching and the message and the worship and they feel right at home, but they're not actually a born again Christian at all. They just like hearing, you know, that God loves them vaguely and and all these things and and they enjoy really impressive worship music it's like a rock concert every morning and by the way heaven forbid that worship music should should mention anything of you know justice or even mercy it's always you know and also i just found out a lot of songs don't even mention christ which is not cool um like it's actually funny the song oceans says and I will call upon your name but it never actually mentions the name yeah <clears throat> we're gonna we're gonna talk about that that's gonna be an episode coming up and that might be next week's so we'll figure it out but we want to talk about worship music but yeah keep going. um but what I'm getting at is if the church wants to 
grow and grow individually in holiness and grow like people-wise and, and save souls. The answer for how you do that is in Scripture. Scripture says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. You know, it says you preach the gospel. You don't shrink back from preaching the gospel. It's always you preach the gospel as it is, and you're we're a heralder of the gospel. Just like Paul Washer says, we're not a marketer of the gospel. Mm-hmm. You don't have some elements, and let's just sort of, you know, work them in, maybe here or there, you know, we'll maybe emphasize this one and not that one. You that's that's not what a heralder does. That's that's what a salesman does. And we're not gospel salesmen. The gospel is offensive. That is so blatantly clear throughout all of Scripture. It's offensive. I mean, it's amazing and glorious, obviously, but it's foolishness to those who are perishing. It's a stumbling block. It's really, really offensive. That's why Christians are always promised in Scripture that if you go preach the gospel, people are going to hate you and be mad at you and be angry and be offended. Like, it, this was never, like, the kind, soft, like, hey, do you want to, like, not come sing songs with me? You know, and I'm like, I'm not saying we shouldn't show hospitality and be friendly. Obviously, we're affirming all those things wholeheartedly. The, the main point I'm getting at is the problem with the church is that even though we say the authority is scripture, we don't treat it that way. We don't, we don't say, man, how should we do worship? How should we, how should we go evangelize? Let's go to scripture. Instead, they say, what sounds enjoyable? What, what will people enjoy? And things like that. Yeah. So, and in going off of that too, like the point is that we don't really see God's word as what it is, God's word. We don't see the Bible as God's word, but we see it as some outdated book that has that isn't the cultural norm and doesn't apply and how there's all kinds of implications that come with that. Because at that point we're saying that God's word is outdated and that we can change it and, and twist insufficient. it. Insufficient. Yeah, and insufficient for what we for what we have. It wasn't written by God. Yeah. yeah. So so with that being said, the issue is the lack of respect, the lack of reverence for God, number one. And the, the, the lack of understanding that that God's word is such a gift to us. And actually sufficient. Yeah, it's like sufficient. You will, your church will do just fine if you don't use the growth strategy. Yeah, No, you won't get a private jet like Kenneth Copeland. But guess what? Like, you can fly that jet to hell if that's what you want. Like, honestly, we're not promised worldly treasures. And worldly treasures are nothing. Our treasures are in heaven. And there should be no motivation to have nice things of this world because everything fades away. Your flesh rots and steel decays, rusts, and has no form, and the jet no longer works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Evan's going to talk about one last thing, and then we're going to close up real quick. We are not sponsored, but we would love to be sponsored by the Dwell Bible app. It's fantastic. It's like my friend Sam explained it to me this way. He said it's like the Cadillac of Bible audio apps. It's $30 a year, which is not bad at all. And it's like Bible audio. You can do any passage, any verse. It, it splits everything up so that you can do whatever chunk you want. You can repeat things. 
There's a bunch of different voices you can choose from. There's probably, I think, four or five for ESV, quite a few for NIV, a couple like NASB and whatnot, and NK, NKJV. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there's a message one, so I apologize. Um, but it's really, really amazing. And then, and then it has music. You can choose like piano, piano and strings, ambient. Ambient's my favorite. Um, oh, and then I want to show them Felix. I'm so sorry. This is absolutely necessary. Yeah, so I, I'm looking at getting this app at some point. But, yeah, basically just read, it reads the Bible to you. Yeah, and it is absolutely. And you can do repeat. So, like, yeah, it's. So. And um, this, is, this is Felix. Redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight mm. i think i think felix is from that's amazing you got yeah, it's really magical he's, he's very much fun my favorite is mark i think it's pretty great making known to us the mystery of yeah. his will what a beautiful so what a beautiful voice yeah and the reason why like we're called to meditate on his word it's to listen to his that. word that when when Paul wrote the letters, not everyone in the in the congregation could read. Actually, they pretty much all just heard them. Yeah. I'm so every sure. single one of the, so every single one of the people in the congregation were just listening to God's word being read to them. Actually, we learned in class just the other day, reading wasn't even a thing until like yeah a lot later. I remember it was uh, Augustine like saw a monk reading in a place, and he was like, "What in the heck are you doing?" And he was like, "Oh, I'm reading." Yeah, he's reading to himself because everything used to be you read it aloud and you hear. So think about that. Consider Sorry. that and get the dwell app. <laughs> I need get to. I'm so not the Gospels amazing. are written around 30 years later. Mm-hmm. He, isn't that cool? Yeah. So there's a right. trial too. All right, you guys. Well, we're going to close up with this. If sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped around their knees. If hell must be filled... Let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions and let no one go unwarned or unprayed for. This is the great Charles Spurgeon. May the grace, peace, and love of our God uh, be with you all.